You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is the Classic Auto Mall Podcast. Broadcast from the studios inside the Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Yes, the Classic Auto Mall is a real mall. Just one hour west of Philadelphia at Pennsylvania Turnpike Exit 298. Featuring nearly 1,000 classic, vintage, and barn find vehicles for sale under one climate-controlled roof. Now, here's your host, Classic Auto Mall President and the man with all the toys, Stuart Howden. And good morning, listeners, or good afternoon, or good evening, or whatever the heck it is. I don't even know what day it is. Do you have any idea what day it is? Is it? Um, yeah, it's been. We've been on what they call in the uh, in the in the industry in the biz, if you will, a hiatus, and uh, we have been not doing shows for almost three weeks now because we've had a lot going on. And, uh, and so we had an auction. Uh, we've got Carlisle coming up this week. This, we're recording this on, uh, uh, September the 27th, right? Yes, September 27th. So. It is. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Oh, good. Um, so we've been busy and so we've just been procrastinating off the show, I guess, for three weeks now. So. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> so here we, here we are after all that time. But, uh, uh, we finished our auction. We'll get more into that here in just a little bit. And, uh, boy, everything is just, our, our, uh, our social media stuff is just blowing up like crazy. How many, how many viewers did we have on our auction on TikTok? Okay. So. You can hear me, right? I can hear you. I can't hear myself. But <laughs> the, uh, so at any given time, there may have been a thousand, two thousand, three thousand people. But as people right. check in and check out, it turned out to be an incredible number to over 200,000 people, uh, in those four hours. Wow. Along those four hours checked in at some point. I think they have to watch for a minute before it registers. Right. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. Didn't, again, didn't sell any cars, but that's well, no, 200,000 people. That <clears throat> hey, views and, and exposure is is the name of the game. And we had uh, almost 360 registered bidders on ProxyBid, mm-hmm. which is the online bidding platform. And uh, that was great because that's 360 people that didn't even have to be here, didn't need a chair, didn't need a box lunch, didn't need anything. And they could bid on the cars. So then we sold uh, quite a few of them online, 10, right. or, 10 or 12, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot in online world. Uh, to do that. So we were pleased. Anyway, we'll talk more about yeah. that in the second half. So now my list of where we sold cars to. Wow. It's going to be <laughs> super long. We might have to do this in three or four parts, right? No, Maybe. I think I can get through it. I really do. I think I can. So where did we sell cars in the to last in the three past weeks? Three weeks, uh-huh. uh, up through, not even three weeks, up through the 20, mm-hmm. uh, like six days ago. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Are you ready? Get ready. Belt, belt, seat belt. <laughs> Spring City, Pennsylvania. Broomall, Pennsylvania. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Fall River, Massachusetts. Paoli, Pennsylvania. Munich, Germany. Uh, Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. Long Beach, California. Elkton, Maryland. Rainham, Massachusetts. <laughs> Media, Pennsylvania. Arlington, Virginia. Hamilton, New Jersey. Florence, South Carolina. Irwin, Tennessee. Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Pierce, Colorado. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Homestead, Pennsylvania. Macon, North Carolina. Akron, Colorado. Coatesville, Pennsylvania. Requamia, Chile, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, Batavia, Illinois, Albuquerque, New Mexico, West Islip, New York, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Renovo, Pennsylvania, Chelsea, Michigan, Palm Beach, Florida, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, Tucson, Arizona, Compton, California, 
Oxford, Pennsylvania, Fort Myers, Florida, Magnolia, Delaware, Gray, Maine, Wallaceburg, Ontario, Canada, Warrington, Pennsylvania, Glenmore, Pennsylvania, Mount Joy, Pennsylvania, Norristown, Pennsylvania, Cortland Manor, New York, Glenmore, Pennsylvania again, Germantown, Tennessee, Levine, Arizona, Miramar Beach, Florida, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania, Media, Pennsylvania, Wapwallen, Pennsylvania, Avon Park, Florida, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, Front Royal, Virginia, Graham, Washington, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, Mangum, Louisiana, and Lenexa, Virginia. Holy moly. I, I need don't a even minute. know how you, many. You, you talk, I'll count. <laughs> yeah, the counting might be harder than the reading. That was 14, 15, 16, 17 states. 17, 17 different, different states, states in three th- weeks. Three countries. And three countries in Chile, three weeks. Chile, Germany, or Germany, and yeah, Canada. And Canada. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And just in a three week time. I mean, it really, it puts things in perspective when you, when you see the list like that. You know, it's one thing I look at the master list every mm-hmm. day and it just keeps adding on and it's getting longer and longer and longer. And then, <laughs> but you don't really have a reference point like you have when you have the list of the last three weeks of where they've gone and all over the board on stuff. So people say, well, what's selling now? Well, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's late model. It's, it's Camaros. It's first, second, third generation Camaros. It's C1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 Corvettes. It's pickup trucks. It's Broncos. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, it's everything. It is just about everything that you could imagine. And there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to the, to the amount of, you know, the dollar amount. Mm-hmm. It's not like a certain 25 to $35,000 range. It's none of that. It's amazing. It's really, I tell people, it's, it's just, I can't tell you how fast your car is going to sell. I just know that if you, that's here for any period of time, yeah. somebody, the right person is going to find it. Yeah. Actually. And that's the great thing. I mean, millions of eyes are on, and our website has just gone through the roof. And part of that is to do with TikTok, what we're doing on there and what we're doing on YouTube and what we're doing mm-hmm. on Facebook and all those things. Um, but our website traffic is crazy. I mean, it's, it's nine to 12,000 unique visitors every day. Wow. And, and, and each of those is about 10 pages. So it's about a hundred and mm-hmm. something thousand pages every day. That's amazing. That are looked at, not counting eBay, Hemmings, Auto Trader Classics, uh, Auto Buy. Uh, I mean, I just, the list is just 65 sites we're on all over the world. Yep. That's it's amazing the exposure that we get. And then, uh, and so, you know, people beg the question, well, if you got that many people, why did my car sell? Why isn't my car sold yet? Well, mm-hmm. it may be a number of reasons. It may be there's only one person in the world that likes it, and that happens to be you. Right. <laughs> or more likely is it's probably overpriced a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the market is fickle, and it doesn't – price guides don't have anything to do with what it's sold for at other auctions doesn't have anything to do with it. What has to do with it is what somebody's willing to pay in, on any given day and what you're willing to take. That's it. Right? We know that. Right. I mean, we – we prove that often, time and time again. So there is no real rhyme or reason to it. So don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> That's right. And owners, even though there, I mean, there's a price on the car, obviously, but sure. but there's always a little bit of back and forth. It's and and we uh, we try to make everybody happy in the in the deal. And that's that's the beauty of this business is like everybody yeah. walks away. Happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you sell your car and you get to buy a car and we get to sell it for you, mm-hmm. then it works out well. And it's and what people have learned uh, very quickly is is that selling a car on your own is not a whole lot of fun because there's a lot of steps involved in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things that happen and and things that can go wrong or things that can put you in a position of uncomfort, you know, uncomfortable position mm-hmm. because you might, you know, the guy might say, "Well, look, I want to leave you this cashier's check and I want to take the car with me today," and you think, "Well." I don't know it's any good. Mm-hmm. I don't know you didn't just print this, you know. And, uh, and, and you don't know. And, and the problem is, is that when you find out, it's usually too late, mm-hmm. you know. So. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people are, are utilizing Facebook Marketplace, which is, to me, is like the new Craigslist. You right. Know, it's where exactly. every, every car goes. 
And the problem is if they get so much, it's so easy to just to to message somebody and say I'm interested in the car. Right. But you're not really serious. And so right. they get 10, 15, 20 that they got to answer. You have yeah. to respond to yeah, those. Yeah, because you never know if the one guy's going to be the one right. That's there. right. And and it's funny when people bring their car to us a lot of times their comment to us is that I tried it myself mm-hmm. and I'm I'm done. I don't want people calling me all hours of the day or messaging me and I feel like I missed them or I got to miss dinner to go show them the car or whatever the case may be. It's and the other good news is is that we can usually get our commission over and above what you may have been able to sell the car for yourself. Yep. You know, I mean, if you think about it, um, our commission a lot of times is is money that we get because of the professional representation, the way that we present the car. So, I right. mean, so th- there's that. So that's it's, a great, it's a great business model, yeah, so, as it, I told, which is why I step off this role <laughs> and step into the other one. The car specialist role, right. absolutely. So guess what I got to do last weekend? Which last weekend would have been November the 20th, or November, I, September the 23rd, 4th, whatever it was. I don't know. Oh, you don't know what I did. So <laughs> I got to go to uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, in the middle of a tropical cyclone, and debating whether and leaving Morgantown to drive there, there's two ways to go. Hmm. You can go through Delaware and down through there and hit the shore and go over the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Yeah. Or you can go through D.C. and get mm-hmm. a nightmare of traffic and Beltway. get there, you know, four hours later. Yep. So we're in the middle of this tropical storm going on. <laughs> and we're like, what if, the, you know, I'm not worried about the wind, but. What if the storm surge like goes over the, the, the railings <laughs> of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, which is 17 and a half miles long or is something right? like that? Yeah. Uh, with two tunnels. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yikes. And you're thinking you get in the middle of that and something happens. You're in, you know, that's not going to be pretty. So we're debating back. It's me and my wife and my uh-huh. mother-in-law. We're debating back and forth <laughs> which way to go. And my mother-in-law says, look, she says, I'm 83 years old. Just go for it. Come uh-huh. on. Just let's nice. go. The, let's take the bridge. <laughs> And I'm thinking we're going to get there and there's going to be ominous clouds and lightning and, and it really wasn't too bad, but they did have the speed limit lowered. So we went to Virginia Beach, Virginia and sat out on the beach and, you know, 50 mile an hour winds and it was, you know, it was all right. We had a good time. But the reason for us going is that our nephew, uh, was promoted within the Navy as a commander. Wow. Uh, and, uh, of the USS Wasp, which is an 860 odd feet, uh, amphibious assault um, uh, ship that services the Marines mostly. Cool. And it takes hovercraft that come in, you know, with the ramp comes down mm-hmm. and drive right into it, uh, and Harrier jets and Black Hawk helicopters. And we got to go through this whole thing. Wow. And it was really cool. And I mean, very industrial, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a big steel. metal steel yeah. ship. Yeah. And we had to go down these stairs that, you know, the, the, the handrails were just chains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going down these stairs and they're practically straight up and down. My mother-in-law is just trooping right down really? through there, you know, no big deal. And yeah, we're she's all pretty spry. She's very spry. She helped us at the auction. She and did. She, yeah. uh, uh, she's very spry and she was like right with us, you know, and I'm yeah. thinking, well, I can't chicken out anything here. She, here she's going, but it was really neat to see. And it was parked next to the, uh, Eisenhower aircraft carrier. And next to that was the Ronald or the, uh, Ford uh, wow. aircraft carrier, which is the longest in the world, twelve hundred feet. <laughs> which think about it: if you go to a football game and you're looking at a at a, at a football field, yeah. it is four times that. Wow! 
Think about how big that is, how long that is. It's incredible. You know, no, they're gigantic. They're really impressive in yeah, person. You yeah. see them on TV, but when yeah, you, get, yeah. you get right up like at the, the ports of Philly. It's like, holy yeah, cow. you can stand right next to that thing and, mm-hmm. and, and going up on that thing. And especially like on this, on the wasp, we got up on the deck and mm-hmm. man, that's, that's a lot of real estate up there. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, they don't land planes on it like they do an aircraft carrier, but right. a lot of stuff goes on up there. It's amazing. It's amazing. Those things float at all. Uh, yeah. Hell no. I mean, whoever came that <laughs> oh, right. between, between floating ships and hovering airplanes i don't know how they came up with all that but anyway and it was a testament and their their alertness when you go to places like this and and watch the young men and women who serve our country Mm -hmm. their readiness and alertness is like they are spot on they notice everything there is nothing they don't see and notice and you can just they are they're trained mm-hmm. to look for everything. Yeah. They're just like our guys looking for rust holes in a car or yeah, <laughs> sort, sort of, of. Yeah. <laughs> except, you know, life and death matters on, right. on this end and, and not on our end. But no, but they're mm-hmm. their level. You you wouldn't want to make a funny move run around there. <laughs> you wouldn't want to flinch. They're a different breed, yeah. especially after yeah. when they go through the training and everything. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of equipment that they carry on their person yeah. is like, God, there's this and that and batons and guns and. Radios and I mm-hmm. must carry sixty pounds for the stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we had a great time and uh, congratulations to our nephew on the uh, well deserved promotion. He's going to be a twenty year man, not too far off in the Navy. Nice. And, uh, went to the uh, Naval Academy as okay. well too. Very so, well. Uh, congratulations to him. When we return, uh, we'll get back to what we know better: cars versus ships. Uh, when the Classic Automall Podcast returns in a couple minutes, see ya. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford? or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you. Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare custom and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've been busy the past three weeks. There's a lot goes on in September and October in our world. Mm-hmm. You know, with Carlisle and Hershey and, and Audrain up in Newport this coming weekend. And this is all probably past tense to all of you people listening, but, uh. Are we going to be in Audrain? We're going to be in Audrain. Uh, Bill, uh, Borneman is taking the truck and trailer up on Thursday, the, th- I don't know what. Oh, I must have missed the sign up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see yeah. the, uh, employee yeah. sign up. The Best Western, uh, Newport, Rhode Island is, uh, booked, unfortunately. <laughs> 
it's um, it's a really neat part of the world, and it's great. The, the Concour is at you know this mansion, the Breakers on right on the point in Newport, Rhode Island, and it's fantastic. Except ninety percent of the time, <laughs> the weather is miserable. It's rainy and cold and really windy, and you know, kind of like Radnor, kind of like Radnor. It's you can been count on rain. Yeah, you can count on some rain. They you know that twenty seven years they've or twenty two years, one of the two, they've been doing the Radnor Hunt Concour d'Elegance. And only three of them have rain, have had rain, and those have all been in the past four years. Is that right? Yeah, they never had like, rain. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they never had rain before, or so they said. But no, no, no I mean, I'm just kidding. They, no. they've never had rain, they never had rain up until the last four years, and then three times they've had it. So, I mean, <laughs> you figure the odds, you know, eventually mm-hmm. they're going to go in your favor, you think, uh, you know, unless you've, you know, really made the gods mad or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyway, we had a great time at Radnor as well, we did. too. Yeah. Uh, it's always a, a really fun event, and they have a really cool silent auction. And, and I got a hand-drawn thing by Jay Ward, the creator of Cars, who worked with Pixar okay. in the movie Cars. And he did this drawing, like, in the middle, in the afternoon, and then they put it on the silent oh, auction. Wow. And I put a bid in, and I thought, well, somebody's going to outbid me for this. And they didn't, and I got it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, and then, thank God, my office flooded over the weekend, and luckily it didn't ruin that. It was right up against the wall. This office? Yeah. We have, this is the second flood we had. One oh. time I walked in and it was raining in my oh office. My God. I mean, each, each of those panels yeah. was, was leaking water. And this was a couple of years ago and it hadn't happened since. Mm-hmm. And then it leaked into an office behind me and came under the wall. And, you know, of course, after all these years, you think I'd know better than to not put anything <laughs> well, on value. The, of value on the ground. Right. What's on the ground? My computer, my brand new motorcycle helmets and bags, um, files with titles in them. Luckily, they got saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, posters and pictures that haven't been dealt with. Uh, but other than that, we got to get you some uh, pallets. Just put everything <laughs> up on pallets. pallets. I did in my basement. I put everything up on pallets because I have the fear. Like I'm just yeah. gonna walk down there one day at three feet of water. Slop, slop, right. slop. And so yeah, they actually make little pallets for computers too. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people's computers sits on that's the right. Board. That's right. And I mean, it's a stupid thing to a stupid place to put it because that's where you're gonna mm-hmm. most likely have the water leak. But anyway, I'm. Thank God that that didn't get ruined or any of the other stupid stuff I've spent a ridiculous amount of money on right. to have in my office exactly. so I can be a car guy. Well, we have a bu- that makes me a car guy if I have oh, yeah. car stuff in my office. We have a bucket brigade we do. here at Classic Automotive. We have nice little red buckets that we put <laughs> out there. They're, I'm thinking of getting our logo on them, but then they would really be you know, <laughs> celebrating the leak instead That's of, funny. you know. But um, Yeah, why, why miss the opportunity when you get buckets? <laughs> when you got all? buckets, you might as well have your logo on <laughs> them. So. Website. Yeah, and the great thing about buckets and uh, let me rephrase the the great thing about this building is that it does have a flat roof and it was built in 1985 and Mm. there are going to be some leaks and we have roofers out here quite often Mm -hmm. um but the nice thing is it's not a restaurant where it's dripping down onto somebody's head or table Mm -hmm. or something we can move the cars we can kind of ebb and flow wherever if there happens to be a leak here this week then we can move Mm -hmm. some cars out of the way and it doesn't really affect us as much as it might affect a fine dining restaurant or something absolutely you know so we work around it listen it's a big old building that's right three hundred and thirty six thousand square feet it's actually in pretty good shape considering its age it's it's not too bad considering (laughs) you get that from consigners sometimes it's really nice for its age and i'm like oh <laughs> wait a minute now that's like a double yeah yeah it's kind of a false double compliment. yeah <laughs> a false positive or a right. false negative that's right, right. what's the difference between a false positive and a false <laughs> negative <laughs> 
here I am asking questions I don't know the answer to. Hey, thanks to the Pat Travers Band for our theme song. We right. Keep forgetting thanks, to Pat. thank them. But, Pat, thank you. I just saw where Kansas is coming to um, the American Music Theater in Lancaster. Right. Yeah, and they are apparently putting on a heck of a show these days. So um, if you get a chance to go see them, I don't know why I'm promoting them, but I just like them. We love Kansas. We love Kansas. Kansas is a great, great, mm-hmm. great. So anyway, um, 951 cars in inventory. We, um, we just keep consignments, just keep rolling in mm-hmm. and rolling in and rolling in. It's unbelievable. It we had our sign up sheet on Friday, the day we did the auction, which was the 15th of September, uh, for those of you keeping score. Um, the sign up sheet normally on a normal day, a normal Friday, this was Friday the mm-hmm. sale around, we'd get 150 sign ups of people coming into the building, maybe 200, maybe 250. And that's, True new signups. There's a lot of people that come in that have been here before that sure. we don't make sign in or give us their email address because we already have it. And sometimes a group and only one or two of the group will sign in, not the whole group, which we discourage because we'd like to. It's the only thing we ask for for an admission is your email address. So normally we get, you know, two or three hundred maybe. We got like 500 sign ins uh, on wow. Friday and, and normally we get about seven or eight checking the box i have a vehicle for sale yeah i possibly have a vehicle for sale at 30 of those really on Friday. yeah so certainly the auction um, um created some exposure for classic mm-hmm. auto mall and 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 instead we'll get into it in the in the next segment but uh it it turned out about where we expected a little bit lighter than i would have liked uh but we got rid of some aged inventory that had been here for a while we made a lot of people very happy. We had a great time. Uh, it was, it turned out, you know, about where it should have done and, and we're happy and we're going to do another one. Yeah. And we may do more than one. That's what I heard. Year. Yeah. yeah there's the word on the street. <laughs> that's street. But, uh, anyway, uh, some of the new inventory we've gotten lately, we haven't talked about this much. We've got a beautiful 1967 Ford Mustang GT fastback in Burgundy over black, vintage Burgundy, it's called. It's got a 390, 335 horse V8, top loader four speed. All original forged sheet metal, and it's got the original interior, never any rust, with the Deluxe Marty Report. Mm-hmm. What, this is a great car. Yeah, it really is. And you know what the Deluxe Marty – well, um, what the Marty Report is, is it's basically the birth certificate for your car. Mm-hmm. Everything it was born with, um, and how it came, and when it was ordered, and what date it came down the factory line, and – Kevin Marty, who runs that, got the records from Ford somehow, some way, mm-hmm. bought them from him. They probably gave them to him, I would guess. Yeah. They were like, we don't want these old Here's a couple days. boxes for you. Yeah, take these old banker What's boxes. What's a deluxe on? Marty report? Is that something else? I, I think it comes framed or something. Oh, really? I, I think, and there may be a little more oh, to okay. it. I, I don't know. But, uh, nice. but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, birth certificate for your car. And it, it breaks it down to, you know, it could be one of one with the, mm. you know, with a rear spoiler and AM radio. Yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. that makes it that combination uh, doesn't necessarily always make it more valuable and doesn't mean that what what it came with is in it doesn't mean that that is the motor that came in it or that is the transmission that came in it and that's no different with the PHS which is Pontiac Historical Society uh, has the same type of, of program where they provide you a birth certificate if you will of your car right and it tells you what it came with it doesn't tell you what it has there's a real difference there. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, so understand that when we talk to you about those things. But anyway, this Mustang really, really mm-hmm. cool. Nothing cooler than a fastback Mustang. Love it. I mean, they're just dynamite. So the next car is really interesting. The 1976 Oldsmobile Cutlass 442 Coupe. It's one of 862 built with a Borg Warner 5-speed. Think about that. 1976, mm-hmm. you didn't see many cars with a five-speed manual transmission, or even a four-speed for that matter. I mean, the 76 Trans Am had it. The Corvette had it. 
Um, what else in 76 would have had a four-speed or a five-speed, mm-hmm. a manual transmission, right, let's put right. it that way? Mm-hmm. Not many. So this is a rare beast with a 260 cubic inch V8. So, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting car, it's a, and it's the original transmission, 862 of them built in this configuration. So it's really an interesting car, and it's one of those ones that you very rarely see. 99% of these that you would see at a car show or anything would be an automatic. Mm-hmm. They would just, they're just the way they came. And uh, for this one to be a manual makes it really uber rare. Mm. Uh, also new inventory, a 59 Plymouth Sport Fury convertible, flame red over red and beige. Fabulous fin design from the fifties. I mean, doesn't yep. get any cooler than that. This one's fully restored. It's got the three sixty one cubic inch golden commando V eight and swivel bucket seats. Neat. Those are so yeah, cool. Are I, they should bring those back. I don't know. If you know why they don't? Safety. Well, okay, yeah, if you're getting a you know, jerks you around, spin you around, spin you around like a top. Well, and probably because they got so much electronics under seats anymore, they oh, probably couldn't couldn't move, move it. Yeah, and not a flat bottom anymore. Not either. a flat bottom. Yeah, flat. Isn't that a Queen song? Flat bottom. Flat girl? bottom girl. I, <laughs> I, so. I just noticed that at Coda, Garrett and I keep threatening to go to a Formula One race. My stepson uh-huh. is here with us. Um, Queen with Adam Lambert is the entertainment for Saturday night. So uh-huh. it would be kind of <laughs> a big Queen fan, are you? Yeah. Is, is F1 in Vegas? Is that what's coming to Vegas or uh, is that Indy? No, F1. No, F1. And, yeah. And I just read that RM Auctions is doing an auction during that weekend. And, oh, oh uh, interesting. Because Meekum's there the week before. And that's when you're going to be I'll Vegas. be there. And yeah. then at the tail end of that, right as I get on the plane, the, 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 race, the race starts. They're going to be moving the I'll F1 be, cars off the, cool. at, at yeah. the tarmac yeah. next yeah. to you. You'll hear them firing up next to you. Yeah, plane. I didn't plan very well. Yeah. Way to go. Why didn't you go for two weeks? Uh, yeah, I, well, I can't. All right, well, yeah, because you have a job to do. I got business here. <laughs> you got business. That's right. Because I'm a businessman. Um, so we were going to go to Vegas, but Vegas, I mean, you know, candidly, it's pricey. You yeah. Know, it's The tickets are really expensive. Hmm. Coda, which is uh, Circuit of the Americas, and that's in uh, Austin, uh, or probably just right outside of Austin, mm-hmm. um, is uh, more reasonable. It's 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 still ridiculously expensive. I mean, Everything has just gotten so. I mean, don't get me on. You mean the tickets here. to get into the yeah, race? Yeah, uh, and the and and the hotels. You know, a Super Eight is now you know eight hundred a night. Oh yeah. And everything. We were looking. Uh, the Eagles play the Dolphins. By the way, if you didn't see the Dolphins game the other night when they played Denver Broncos, it'd be seventy to twenty. Wow. Yeah, they is that were right? they were on I fire. I missed that. So to go see the Dolphins here in Philly, the tickets are like six hundred dollars for the, the the worst seat. Like yeah. the the nosebleed seat, right? You don't want to be up there. In the no, you do not. It's scary. Not for $600. Yeah, because some guy could just not like the way you look yeah. and throw you off. It's the a rough board. crowd. It's a rough crowd out there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, six hundred bucks for that's that. outrageous. Yeah, I, I, everything's so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everything's expensive. It's just. It's. I mean, I remember the good old days. A concert ticket was seven dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, we go see the University of Tennessee play for you know six dollars. Sure. Yeah. No. It's now. It's just. And, and listen. I understand inflation. I'm I'm not you well, know, head in the sand type person mm-hmm. that realizes that things get more expensive. But it seems as if they keep saying, "I wonder if they'll pay this much." Exactly. You know? exactly. Let's see. How Let's far. just see how far we can push them. And and it's you know, true. And you hope someday maybe people will say enough is enough. Yeah. The net movie network. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to yeah, take yeah, it anymore. It yeah. is true. It's. It's, yeah, uh, and same with car parts and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it was just—I was just talking to a buddy of mine who owns a restaurant close to us here, one of our consigners, and we're talking about 
he he needed a part for his restaurant, a hood or a vent fan or mm-hmm. something. And the guy goes, you can't even get him. I'm like, what do you mean you can't get him? You just can't get him. Well, what am I going to do? He goes, well, I don't know. And you can't, you know, not have a fan, mm-hmm. a vent fan yeah. in a restaurant. Otherwise, your whole dining yeah. room would be full smoke. of smoke. Yeah. So car parts are the same way. You start mm-hmm. looking for prices on parts. And, you know, when you could go to a flea market, you could negotiate with the guy. Of course, you had to drag it out of there, whatever it is. <laughs> now you go online, mm-hmm. you pay a little more because it's the convenience factor. But a lot more or, mm-hmm. or, you know, to the price, the points that they're getting on some of this stuff. It's just, yep. it's a shame because, you know, it's one of those things that this is a wonderful hobby until it becomes so expensive that it, that it eliminates the, the baseline of the hobby. Forget the rich guys. They are always going to do what they mm-hmm. do and they're going to, um, you know, always be able to afford to buy the parts or gas if it's $20 a gallon. They don't care. Who cares? But for the layman, for the guy who's trying to put together his first car, uh, it's pricing him out of the market, yeah. you know, and we're seeing that happen a lot. So uh, anyway, when we return, we'll finish with our list of uh, uh, new inventory and talk a little bit about our auction, our inaugural auction we had September 15th. This is the Classic Auto Mall Podcast. Talk to you in a minute. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Other cool cars in inventory. How about the 72 Ford Thunderbird? You ask, now why, Stuart, would you pick the 72 Ford Thunderbird? Dark brown metallic over ginger. Garage kept 25,000 actual miles and... My favorite part of the Thunderbird from the early 70s, the 429 cubic inch V8. That is one heck of a motor. This car is right out of a private eye show from the it 70s. It is. Oh, I mean, as when canon. this came in, I'm like, that is amazing. It's yeah. like a time capsule. Yeah. And you needed that car phone like you put on YouTube. Yeah, right. yeah. One of those in that big brown. Yeah. It's just really dark brown metallic is the perfect early 70s car color. It can only be dark brown metallic. It can only be. Yeah, yeah. That's the only color it can be. Big personal luxury cruiser. The interior looks almost brand new. It's really an amazing Somebody car. needs to buy this car and either put it in a museum or yeah. take it to car shows. It is so awesome. And it's not as collectible right now as it should be. It really isn't. It, that The car should be more collectible. It's just really a neat car. And and think about it. It's 51 years old. 
Fifty, yeah, fifty-one. Yeah, yeah, seventy-two. So fifty-one years old. It's hard to believe. (laughs) And it's like when we—I always jokingly say this. I say it all the time. So I probably said it on here before. And if I did, so so be it. Um, Twenty years ago was not nineteen (laughs) eighty. Right. I know. It feels like it though. It does. When I say twenty years ago, yeah, nineteen eighty. We just had my class in Vegas. Just had their fortieth. High school oh, reunion, wow. 40th uh, year, wow. which is crazy. Doesn't that make you feel? But this car, uh, I can't imagine there's there's more there's better examples around the country. I like, can't. I can't yeah, preserve yeah. these things. Yeah, they Not weren't many people. They weren't preservable cars. They weren't you know future collectibles. They weren't something that uh, people thought like a Camaro or a, a Trans Am or something along the line. That's the Stringo. Okay. Uh, something along those lines. It was uh, you know it was just a car. And, right. And they certainly. Not many of them you would find with 25,000 original miles on it. I mean, that's the thing. It's incredible. You know, and I tell people, and I say this all the time, and and I know that you know it because you hear me say it, but um, uh, low mileage is king. Mm -hmm. It is the king of, of, of the values of these early cars. Anything in the 70s and 80s and 90s and even early 2000s, if it's got low mileage, the value of it can be... 50 to 80% more than a car with high mileage. Right. So when you say low mileage for its age, that's like 100,000 miles would be in within that reasonable sure. amount. This is 25,000 original miles. Amazing. Yeah. And people say, oh, it's bull crap. They had no way that they had a car with only 25,000 miles. Most of these guys, when they have cars that have been babied like this mm-hmm. and, and been garage kept their entire life, have every receipt of everything. You can track the paper trail of the car from every inspection to every gas receipt yep. to every everything that they did. And, and the so, purchase order probably. And the, the purchase order. Sticker and and if the guy bought it new. And and mm-hmm. uh, and, and, f- and the, the most important thing that you have to do in preserving these low mileage later model cars is making sure that the DMV doesn't just throw a exempt on it mm-hmm. after 10 years because they do that a lot of mm-hmm. times. They'll just mark it exempt, you know, meaning the mileage is irrelevant the, because it's over 10 years old and that kills the value mm-hmm. of a car. So if you have a car that has low mileage and your title says that, make darn sure that when you go to the DMV or your local tag place that you get them to put the original mileage on it instead of exempt because exempt just now you have to make a story. Well, it, it, it's original miles and we know it, but the DMV did this. Right. Right. And, that, and that's a story you don't want to hear. Then it becomes true miles unknown. or true, Yeah. TMU. 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 How about in the auction business? Title attached means the title is not there. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Title attached. Well, wouldn't it be unattached if it's not here? I don't know where this title attached came from. Isn't that odd? Another new car in, the 87 Chevrolet Camaro IROC Z that we got in. Yeah. This car, two-owner car, five point. this has got the right motor in it, the 5.7, the bigger motor. The 5.0 is the 305. The 5.7 mm-hmm. was the 350. Yes. 28,722 actual miles. All the service records, garage cab, and it's all stock. And, boy, in 1987, that was a hot car that to was have. It. That I was. Mean, I was 20... Five at the time. Where was I living? I was living in South Florida. At the okay. Time. So I was driving a, what was I driving then? I probably had some cat, Coupe DeVille Cadillac or something. Right. I think I bought. Cause we did, we drove back home to Tennessee a lot. And so we would, and we wanted something. I was like, I really want a sports car, but I really want something that's going to be comfortable to drive sure. long distance. So we ended up, I bought a Cadillac and then I got made fun of when I went home <laughs> because all my buddies had, 
Trans Ams and sure. Corvettes F-body. and Camaro, F-body stuff, and I'm, you know, I'm riding around in the uh, cruise mobile. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, it was a neat car. But the IROC that we have, it's red, bright red over gray interior. It's the right color combination. It's the right motor. It's the right miles. It's the right history and service records. It was garage cap. This thing was baby. Don't miss this. I mean, if you're looking for an IROC Z, you should check this one out immediately. Mm-hmm. And if you don't buy it, you're just, ah, well, I just can't <laughs> tell you what I think about it. Uh, <laughs> um, also in is a 2003 Toyota Tacoma TRD uh, 4x4 Extra Cab, Imperial Jade Mica over light gray, 16,893 original miles, two owners, garage cap, service records galore again, mm-hmm. never in snow, and it's the 3.4 double overhead cam V6. These things, this, you talk about activity. Mm-hmm. People are, I mean, I'm, it hasn't sold, which I'm shocked because the amount of emails and calls and, and comments we've gotten about this thing has been amazing. What is it with these older Toyota SUVs and trucks? Yeah, they're hot right now and, yeah. you know, they run forever and I don't understand why it's still here. Yeah, frankly. I, I, I'm really surprised. And I tell you, the Land Cruisers from the, you know, from Toyota as well have really shot up in price. And, and I'm not talking about the old ones, like the Bronco era, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the Blaze, K5 Blazer era. I'm talking about, you know, relatively mm-hmm. newer, um, uh, of the, of these Land Cruisers and they are really bringing, I saw one bring a trailer around like 80 grand or something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like a 2003 SUV. You know, who knows? Who knew and who knows and, and why would you know? So anyway, back to uh, our auction. As we've been saying, we had our inaugural auction in November. November. Why do I keep saying November? I, don't know. I want it to be a different day. <laughs> Feels like it's November outside. Um, uh, September 15th, when we had our inaugural auction, 125 cars. We sold about 41%. We, we, across the block, we sold, you know, some cars, but we did really well after post block mm-hmm. and post sale, uh, and with buyers who, for whatever reason, couldn't be there, got up during the middle of it, had to go somewhere else, or mm-hmm. we had a car that, you know, or a couple of them that the buyer was, or the seller wasn't here, so we couldn't get approval, uh, whether we could sell the car or not, and then we found out after the fact that we did. So about 41%. I would have liked to have seen about 50 or 55%, but, for our freshman effort, I'm pleased. Uh, operationally, it was uh, amazing. Hats off to everybody involved. Um, you, Steve, uh, and JR uh, handling the audio and video end of it. Garrett corralling the cars across mm-hmm. through there and, and making sure they got across the block. And Justin there to make sure that everything started and ran. And the Berks County Mustang Club brought you know 20 guys out. And they were helping push and drive. And, and we had other helpers. And then we had the whole team, uh, the auction team that came in, Brent Earlywine and the crew. And uh, and then the guys from Speed Digital and the girl from um, um, Proxy Bit. I mean, right. it's a talk about a it's a village it, to do this thing. It was incredible, and plus all the prep that went into it. I mean, the week oh. the week before, and I mean Garrett and all those guys mm-hmm. moving the cars, making sure they were exactly in the right place. Well, and then we realized, uh, uh, unbeknownst to us, that there was another event going to be in our expo area that we have here. And of course, Bill Borneman and the guys were scrambling, and mm-hmm. Bill Foltz, they were scrambling to get the cars out of there and, and find a slot for them. Because in the meantime, while this auction is going on and we think we're eliminating inventory consignments are rolling in the other door of the other part of the business and yeah. the other building and we're not even we don't even notice this because we're too busy they, they got backed up a little bit <laughs> got a little but we caught up we caught up and uh, sold some <laughs> great cars and uh and like and some of you know some of the stuff that had been here a while we had uh, good conversations with the sellers and said look here's an opportunity for you to sell your car 
been here for a little bit of time. Uh, let's get, you know, let's try to get real, really real on the price and uh, see if we can get these things moved. And we did, and we were happy to do that. We need to thin the herd a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and because you know you get. Eh, at certain times, we get, you know, we were at 970 not too long ago. Right now, we're at 950-something, mm-hmm. I think, in inventory. But like we were at 970-something or maybe even 980. You know, that's that's close to 1,000 cars. Right. I, I think that, uh, as people were saying, this, as, we, as we do more and more auctions and get known to be as doing auctions, it's mm-hmm. just going to blow up because uh, right. it was a fun day. It was great. The, the auctioneers were so good. Yeah. They're so good. It's fun With to the watch. Details, it? Yeah. yeah, the details that he says about the cars. Mm-hmm. I learned some stuff about some of those cars. Sure. And then the, the bidding and joking with Alyssa and all that yeah. stuff. It was just a lot of fun. And Alyssa was great. She got to do the clerking. So Alyssa Bainbridge, who's our spokesperson in the former Miss Pennsylvania, yeah. Um, was our clerk. So if a guy bought a car, she'd go out in the audience and have him sign his ticket. And of course she's, you know, very attractive young lady. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the auctioneers were having fun with her, uh, obviously, because anytime there's a pretty girl, they're like, whoa. Yeah. You know? Every auction, every auction has them. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And she, she was great. And, uh, and they were just, just really funny auctioneers. Yeah. So it was and, really good. But, but serious when it came time to be serious. For sure. That's the nice thing about what they do. They know when to joke and they know when to buckle down and get the job done. And, yep. uh, and they worked their butts off. And if you didn't sell your car, it's not because of their lack of effort. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because we didn't have enough buyers here or we didn't have the right buyer here or whatever it is. But it's not their – those guys work the same if they sell one car, if they sell a 1,000 cars. They are spot on, and they can communicate in a way that you mm-hmm. just don't even know what they're saying, but they're talking to each other oh, yeah. and, and letting each other know where they need to be. And, all kinds of hand signals and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's a whole other language. But yeah. it's, it's and, fun. and they do that because they have about a two-minute window to sell a car, and they can't stop and huddle up and say, well, yeah. know, what do you think about this? <laughs> I don't know. We do this and we do that. And right. No, they gotta they got to be moving. Mm-hmm. And, and if that car doesn't sell, boom, you got the next car coming. That's why they start pushing that car off before their auctioneering is even done because – you got to get the next car on the block. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when your percentages, listen, if you're selling 70, 80, 90%, then that's a whole different animal than when you're selling 30 to 40 to 50%. That's a whole different way of doing business. And what you want to do is not get so bogged down. If you don't have money for the car, if you don't have a buyer in the room, then move to the next car. Mm-hmm. And, Unfortunately, a lot of people that consign their cars don't quite understand that. Look, you should have given my car more time. Well, listen, if we didn't have one bidder in the entire audience for your car, then what, what, it doesn't serve any purpose for us to just pretend like we're getting bids on it and right. we're not, you know? Right, right. So, um, but they do an amazing job. I mean, M- M- Marty Hill was our lead ringman and, you know, he's about as good as they get. Yep. I don't know. And, and when you watch him really get, Get dialed in with three or you know three buyers at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's taking bit. It's just amazing. It's a, it's a lot of fun action, and yeah. uh, we look forward to the next one. And I think, uh, and like we said, we're we're definitely going to do another one or two or three. We're not quite sure. Um, we want to. We want to be good neighbors in the marketplace. We want to be good neighbors with our other fellow auction houses that are regional uh, in nature like we are and will be. Um, and we want to be make sure that we're not stepping on other people's dates or times or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, we want to do it so everybody – I was talking to another auction house the other day, and we were talking about this, and, and they basically – their position was, man, there's enough business for everybody. Sure. You know, I mean, you look at when Meekum comes to town and, you know, they have 3,000 cars come or 600 or 800 or 1,000 cars mm-hmm. to an auction. And you think, well, all the other auction houses are going to go under. Heck, the other auctions do actually better. 
Sure. You know, it, the rising tide lifts all ships. For sure. And, uh, back to ships again. Yeah, back to somehow. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, sagging back to ships. So, um, wooden ship. Uh, no, don't ever let me sing. Ever. Just <laughs> hit that button and yeah, hold it down. Mute and, button. And, yeah. And then kick me out of the chair or off the, <laughs> the high chair. Um, but it's, um, you know, listen, the auction business and the retail side of the business are two completely different animals. Just like I tell the guys the difference between a new car dealer and a classic car dealer. It's not even the same. You can't even read the same book about it. It's just completely different. It's completely a different business. It's a different business model. It's a different way of doing business, so on and so forth. So when we return, uh, we'll talk about some of the events that we've been to and that are upcoming here on the Classic Automobile Podcast. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automall Podcast from the Classic Automall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Oh, I just want to see what dead air sounds like. <laughs> I, oh, really, I really wanted to mess with you. You were looking away at something. Yeah, I thought, yeah. you know, I can do that. Checking my phone. Or I can start doing something like this where I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where did this voice go? Uh, I'm, I'm very We have no engineer today, so don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't mess with me. I can't mess with you. you got too many hats you're wearing today. So yep. anyway, uh, back to the auction. It uh, looks like we'll probably do one uh, maybe in early, early spring or even late winter and then maybe one in the summer and one in the fall if okay. we do three. We just kind of kind of figure out our way. And it, it's almost easier to do three a year than to do one a year mm-hmm. because one a year you're not geared up for it and then, you know, boom, it's like, okay, now we got to do an auction. Whereas if you do three a year, you finish one, now you start planning for the mm-hmm. next one, you know, and it's pretty close because you need about two or three or four months to kind of plan an auction lead time. Sure. Um, so it kind of works out perfectly and, um, hopefully we can, uh, do that and maybe we'll hire somebody to be our, um, lead auction coordinator, coordinator or yeah. whatever, and maybe a couple of liaison guys for the guys, uh, uh, here that, uh, can coordinate with, so we always have enough inventory. We very rarely are going to ever need outside inventory per se. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll see from there. But, uh, but anyway, um, did we, I don't remember the last time we were here, it seems like about 10 years ago, we talk about Michael Mann, the guy who, uh, directed Miami Vice. 
uh, is got a new Ferrari movie coming out starring Adam Driver as Enzo Ferrari and Penelope Cruz as, I guess, his love interest or whatever it is. <laughs> his mom? Is, I know. <laughs> Penelope Cruz? Yeah, could be. She's kind of older, isn't she? It's based on uh, Brock Gates' uh, Enzo Ferrari biography, oh. uh, The Man in the Machine, uh, from 1991. And we had, we talked about this. We had Brock Gates. I think we did talk about this. I don't know. At some point, but uh, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> Brock Gates Jr. was on the show. It's a big deal when a car movie comes out. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, kind of the main setting is the 1957 Mille Mille. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's supposed to come out on Christmas Day this year. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah. You know, we stopped talking about it. We had a little movie segment where we were talking about we did. car movies. We and did. And I kind of forgot about that. Well, so we're back in. I'll try to. Well, then, yeah, we, we got one. <laughs> okay. All right. One down. One down. Um, yeah. 69. So we got uh, quite a few more car movies to go. So That's really the only. I mean, I saw Ford versus Ferrari yeah. in, in the theater. Yeah. Did uh, you see Rush in the theater? No, is that a car movie? <laughs> well, that's maybe why I said it. No, it's a ship movie. There's, <laughs> there's my full circle of coming is it, back. Is it about a rock band? It's about a, yeah, it's about a progressive rock band from Canada. <laughs> Canada. Three piece. Neil Peart, right. uh, right. was their drummer. Getty Lee. That's I, right. I know a lot. Of, I know a lot more about that. Rush I would, than, that I would go to see. Yeah. I know a lot more about Rush than I should, but, mm-hmm. cause I loved Rush growing up. And, and of course, no girls liked Rush. All the girls hated Rush. They didn't, they didn't like that whiny, high pitched voice of Getty's. <laughs> And I loved it, so it was great. So I was looking at the other day, we were talking about, not the other day. When I say the other day, I mean four years ago. Sure. Um, the J.C. Whitney catalog, mm-hmm. which you had no idea even what it was or existed or anything. Have you seen I did. I really did. Yeah, I've seen the J.C. Whitney catalog. I'm not that old. I mean, I'm not that young. I'm <laughs> but old. The, in 1972, yeah. they had this amazing selection of horns <laughs> and horn sounds. They had the Mustang horse Winnie. So when you'd hit wow. your horn button, it'd be, that's or, pretty cool. Or, or, yeah. yeah. And the Bombay taxi horn, which I don't even know what that would sound like. What is a Bombay? Taxi I have no idea, sound? but it's a, I'm, I would, the first thing that came to mind is that European siren sound. Wee-wah, 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 wee-wah. Wee-wah. Probably yeah. something like that. Yeah, probably. And the tiger roar. So how'd you like to hit your horn? And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the electric donkey horn. <laughs> Yeehaw. That's funny. Um, and they all came in six or twelve volt versions for right? your listening pleasure. That's correct. Um, yeah, and yeah, they also had a keyboard one that you could like play your own tune. <laughs> so you could you could like be driving down the road and hit the horn button and somehow manage to play a keyboard yeah. that would play some sound and still shift and drive and hold your your you know your iced coffee, which you wouldn't have had in nineteen seventy two. Right, right, right. Nobody had that stuff. And then of course the most famous horn sound that they had. Auga. Auga. And they were like $18. That's so, so funny. Yeah. You know, now they have LED, uh, like brake lights that you can, you can type in a message. Oh. And I've never seen it. Like I've never seen it in action. I see it at Pet Boys or whatever, but I haven't seen it. Anybody actually that. use one. I'd like to have like a little pad that you could put up to people as you pass them <laughs> to say things to them. Like learn how to drive or, <laughs> you know, quit dragging your foot on your you brake. You can do that or, through a dirty look. Uh, you, uh, yeah. you can communicate that. Kathy's like, why do you have to get up beside him and look at the person? I just I want to see what they look like. I want to see what stupid looks like. You know? That's why I have tinted windows so nobody can look in and give yeah, me a bad you, look. Yeah, you don't because you definitely don't want to give the look, bad look to the guy who might be able to come at the next stoplight and whip your butt. Yeah. You know? So you got to be careful. You got to be careful out there. You got to be careful anywhere. You know, that's right. You can't be making fun of people because mm-hmm. I mean I just saw somebody shot uh, an employee shot on a customer at a drive-through because they were bitching about their French fries. Wow. or something. I mean, just yeah, the world's pretty upside down. It's a it's a it's a different type. Of world yep. and just be careful when you're out there. You know, don't. I know mm-hmm. you get people get road rage, and listen, my wife accuses me of road rage all the time, and I, I have 
inner road rage. I don't, you know, I don't scream and cuss and flip people off, but I, I'm mad. Right, <laughs> I don't right. like it. I, if you, that's the best you can do driving. You really should be put to your grave. L- Louis C.K. has a great routine about right. how we be, we can just say anything in a car that you right. never say, you would never say to somebody's face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're a piece of, you yeah. know, and it's just, it's but, really Well, no funny. different than people, you know, anonymously uh, typing in some response on some, you know, yeah, right. website exactly. or, or, or news article totally. or something. I mean, that happens all the time. 100%. Stuff they would never say in front of nope. somebody. But it's also funny too, if you're talking to somebody that's like, you're getting them to follow you and you're waving them along and you're trying to say something like mouth it to them. Mm. Why do you whisper it? Follow me. <laughs> it's funny. You know, you do. You whisper it. Like, and, the, and the universal roll down your window yeah, is still, yeah, it's still, still the circle. Thing. Even though it has a button. It, now. For if years. you did the button, he would go, what is he, <laughs> yeah, what does one, that mean? One, one? What is the one thing doing? It but work. rolling the window down. Still, roll your that'll window. be forever. That's, it should be forever. All it's right. brilliant. It's whoever came up with it ought to be applauded. So, um, anyway, I was just, when we were on a break just a minute ago, I was looking online and, and something caught my eye about the new Porsche Cayenne Hybrid Electric. This SUV now, this mm-hmm. Porsche has 729 horsepower and 700 pound foot of torque. Wow. Starting price, $148,000, zero to 60 in 3.5 mm. seconds. Is that crazy? That would be fun. That would be fun. Mm. And you know, I just, I just saw too, the another manual transmissions biting the dust. Oh, really? I gotta imagine the manual transmissions are done. On the way out, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. How, oh yeah, they're really rare now too. Yeah, I mean, it's the, uh, the Volkswagen Golf GTI mm. doing mm. away with it, I think after 2024 or so. Classic automobile will be your your only source for true <laughs> four speed, five speed, speed six speed, six speed mm-hmm. seven. I think I saw a seven speed man the other day. Do we? Porsche? Yeah, the Porsche be. that we had. Yeah. I think it was a seven speed. I wondered though, in these new fangled cars, mm-hmm. that's my way of saying it now. The new fangled cars, <laughs> whatever that means. That's a southern. Thing. That's a southern thing. New, new fangled. fangled. He's fangled. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, how you gonna do a bootlegger turn without a, a lifting handbrake? Oh, yeah. Are those going away too? Well, the one on my one of my cars is like a little pull button. Oh, that's right. Not, not even a button. It's a, it's a le- little lever. It's a little, little lever. lever but there are button. There are some that now the parking is just a so to do electronic. the bootleg turn. I bet if you hit it, it wouldn't even lock, it wouldn't even turn <laughs> right. off. Right. Like I'm always afraid the the one car has the shifter on the right hand column and the windshield wipers on the left hand column. And you know you've been in 27 different cars. You could easily you know yeah, uh, yeah. get the wrong one. What if you actually put that thing in <laughs> reverse like I did my dad's 1974 Lincoln uh, Continental Mark IV? Well, people like us who have more than one car. Too, you, you got to think about when you get in the car. Where which is car everything? am I in? Which car am I in? Yeah. Where is everything? I'm still shifting my automatics after I get out of the BMW. It's crazy. Yeah. How about the fact that when you're, you know, you, you get in a car that has lane uh, lane warnings, where if you somebody's beside you, yeah. you know, you start to turn and it, beep beep beep. Yeah. Get in a car without it. And maybe you've become a little too handicapped exactly. with this particular. There's a lot of downside to owning a multiple cars. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Aside from the insurance and storage. Right. Exactly. There's also like yeah, the driving the, challenge. The obvious part of it that uh, is yeah. the actual part of it that we're talking about. But, uh, but you know, there's a lot of things that are different about cars today. I think back to the cars that I had in the 70s, and the only electronic device was a, you know, a cassette player mm-hmm. and uh electric clock and... Maybe that was, I mean, what else? I, think, I had electric windows in my Trans Am. I didn't. I had roll-up. Mm. I had these you had the, the roll-up. The kind you can see in I radio. had the finger one. <laughs> the down. The, and that was in the center. I think it was in the center console, too. Oh, yeah, they would have been. They were it? behind the shifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they wow. were. That was well, a terrible place for them, probably, because a lot of extra wire, unnecessary. Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, they weren't thinking things clearly back in the 70s. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, so. Uh, but, you know, one of the cars that came out in the 70s, which I always loved and which I've been wanting to talk about, is the 928 Porsche. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was originally going to be the replacement to the 911. Right. And then they... It's, it was more of a grand luxury tour, which I guess, in some respects, some of the... I guess the base model Porsches are that the 911s are that now. I mean, you do have the GT3s and you know the all the high end ones, but you know in 1978, uh, the 928 was built from 1978 till 1995, and they finished with they began with the checkerboard seat and those honeycomb looking wheels, and usually mm-hmm. a manual transmission with a dog leg first, mm-hmm. uh, which because most of the time when you're running, you don't use first very often unless you're at a dead stop, second and third and fourth and. Maybe even fifth if they had a fifth. Um, and it was going to replace the 911, but it never did. Look, the 911 is still around. Some, how many, 15? No, gosh, 95. <laughs> 20 years ago. No, it was 20, <laughs> 20, oh my God, I can't even do the math. 28 years ago. No. Is when they discontinued the 928. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe. But the focus on it was lightweight. Um, you know, it was, uh, the bonnet was aluminum. Um, but they started designing this thing. I mean, think about it. They built it in 78 was the first year for it. They started designing it in 71. Mm. I mean, that seems like an awfully long That's lead time. You think things would change drastically in seven years, what, albeit technology or, yeah. or, or what people like or what people, you know, maybe a focus group thought it was cool in 71 and they see it in 78. It's like, it's like, you know, modern looking things that you see years later and you go, that's not very modern looking. Yeah, but even the, the 928 today, even the early ones, like, still, look, still look. And it's got the pop up headlines yeah, and, and that, that, those, those rear lights. Uh-huh. It's so, so cool. The 928 GTS though, the last iteration of it is a pretty cool car. Yep. If you can find one with a five mm-hmm. speed, you know, three pedal, uh, manual transmission. Mission. That's the one you want to get for sure. Miles, but they're you know they're well into the hundred grand mm. uh, uh, area. They first shown they first showed the nine twenty eight at the Geneva Auto Show in March of nineteen seventy seven. It had two hundred nineteen horsepower mm. in nineteen seventy seven seventy eight, mm-hmm. and you know I mean two hundred nineteen horsepower today is is like the lowest you could probably get. I don't think you could get less horsepower in a car, could true. you? Can you get? Yeah, it wasn't smaller, like the really crappy, crappy little, <laughs> like a Mirage or something like that. Right. But no, it's hard to, it's hard to get under 200. I, I went to work for a buddy in Los Angeles in 1981 and he had a 78, 928, five speed manual and, and, uh, we got to drive it quite a bit and we thought we were really hot stuff yeah. cruising down Sunset <laughs> Strip in a 928 Porsche, you know. Yeah. It was, uh, we were, you know, we had a friend in high school whose his dad was a doctor mm-hmm. in, in Las Vegas and he had the, probably the first 928 I've ever seen in person. Right. It was the most exotic thing I'd ever seen. And yeah. I, I, started, I loved him. Yeah, I did too. I yeah. there. A lot of people, the, the purists, the 911 purists didn't care for him so much, but mm-hmm. I really, really, really liked him a lot. And the second gen, and they weren't really first gen, second gen, third no. gen, but, but in essence they were 83 and 84. They had the S model. The horsepower is up to like 242. Uh, third gen was 85 through 86 and it had almost 300 horsepower. Power, which was not too bad for, not for that. I mean, I think the GTS ended up at 345 horsepower was the final, ver- 346. Mm-hmm. Only 407 of them imported to the U.S. and less than 40% had the five-speed manual. And we saw one at um, RM Miami sell for $263,000. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. So there's everything you need to know about the Porsche 928. Love them. <laughs> I do too. I really do. And uh, we'll... Um, 
I should go on my list to get another one. I got uh, I got another one of my bucket list cars, my Cobra. I got. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. We'll have to talk about replicate. that. Yeah, we'll talk about that week. next week. Well, <laughs> Stay I'll, tuned. I'm going to make a note to talk about my. By the way, the auction is on YouTube. If you want to watch the whole auction, it's there. Except you got to skip the first thirty minutes. We had a little audio glitch. Fix that about thirty minutes in, then you can watch the rest of the four hours. Yeah, and uh, you know, send us feedback and what yeah. you like and don't like, and uh, and we'll look forward to uh, doing another auction coming up uh, here, hopefully sooner rather than later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast with your host, Stuart Howden, executive producer, Steve Safir, produced and engineered by yours truly, J.R. Russ. Thanks for listening and sharing the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, available on ClassicAutoMall.com, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Music, courtesy of the Pat Travers Band, produced by CarSmarts Media, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.